The first reading is Matthew 26, from verses 14 to 30. Then one of the twelve, the one called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and asked, What are you willing to give me if I deliver him over to you? So they counted out for him 30 pieces of silver. From then on, Judas watched for an opportunity to hand him over. On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, where do you want us to make preparations for you to eat the Passover? He replied, go into the city to a certain man and tell him, the teacher says, my appointed time is near. I am going to celebrate the Passover with my disciples at your house. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and prepared the Passover. When evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the twelve. And while they were eating, he said, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me. They were very sad and began to say to him one after the other, Surely you don't mean me, Lord. Jesus replied, The one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him. But woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. Then Judas, the one who would betray him, said, Surely you don't mean me, Rabbi. Jesus answered, You have said so. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. The second reading is taken from Matthew chapter 26, verse 31 to 50. Then Jesus told them, This very night you will all fall away on account of me, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter replied, Even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. Truly I tell you, Jesus answered, this very night before the cock crows, you will disown me three times. But Peter declared, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the other disciples said the same. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, 
My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me? Yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come, and the Son of Man is delivered into the hand of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. While he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived. With him was a large crowd, armed with swords and clubs, sent from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now the betrayer had arranged a signal with them. The one I kiss is the man, arrest him. Going at once to Jesus, Judas said, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. Jesus replied, Do what you came for, friend. And the third reading is from Matthew chapter 26, verses 50 to 68. Then the men stepped forward, seized Jesus, and arrested him. With that, one of Jesus' companions reached for his sword, drew it out, and struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Put your sword back in its place, Jesus said to him, for all who draw the sword will die by the sword. Do you think I cannot call on my father, and he will at once put at my disposal more than twelve legions of angels? But how then would the scriptures be fulfilled that say it must happen in this way? In that hour, Jesus said to the crowd, Am I leading a rebellion that you have come out with swords and clubs to capture me? Every day I sat in the temple courts teaching and you did not arrest me. But this has taken place that the writings of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples deserted him and fled. Those who had arrested Jesus took him to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the teachers of the law and the elders had assembled. But Peter followed him at a distance, right up to the courtyard of the high priest. He entered and sat down with the guards to see the outcome. The chief priests and the whole Sanhedrin were looking for false evidence against Jesus so they could put him to death. But they did not find any, though many false witnesses came forward. Finally, two came forward and declared, This fellow said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and rebuild it in three days. Then the high priest stood up and said to Jesus, Are you not going to answer? What is this testimony that these men are bringing against you? But Jesus remained silent. The high priest said to him, I charge you under oath by the living God. Tell us if you are the Messiah, the Son of God. 
You have said so, Jesus replied. But I say to all of you, from now on you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his clothes and said, He has spoken blasphemy. Why do we need any more witnesses? Look now, you have heard the blasphemy. What do you think? He is worthy of death, they answered. Then they spat in his face and struck him with their fists. Others slapped him and said, Prophesy to us, Messiah, who hit you? So this is Matthew chapter 26. And the theme, if you like, is betrayal. Uh, Jesus has this uh, series of events, um, and through it, Matthew uh, portrays what happens to him, those who abandon him, those who betray him. There is a, a, a story, inevitably for me, a film, which um, uh, I was watching again recently, and um, really I find I well up every time I watch it. Um, it's based on a true story, and it's about a young girl, schoolgirl, um, called Jenny. The film is called An Education. It goes back a few years, um, so don't worry if you don't know it. Um, she's played by Kerry Mulligan, and it's a story of um, betrayal, um, and it's a story of manipulation and abuse and power. She's a schoolgirl who is taken in and groomed by an older man. And uh, he seduces her with a sophisticated lifestyle, and he sort of appeals to that um, side of her, um, and he puts, eventually, a ring on her finger. And, of course, he turns out to be a liar and a manipulator um, and an abuser. He is, in fact, already married. Uh, and it's the story of how she is betrayed but it's a complex story, and the way it's told, um, she, uh, she, in the process of it, she turns her back on uh, those places and people who have, have sought to help her along the way um, up until this point. She turns her back on her family and then on her school. She thinks, as I guess the title implies, that she's getting a better education elsewhere from this man, although that's what she thinks early on. Um, and a key character in this is her teacher, who's called Miss Stubbs. Um, whom she uh, uh, has, uh, uh, Miss Dobbs has, teachers here might know this, she's invested a huge amount in Jenny, cared about Jenny, sees real potential in her, sees what she could do, and Jenny will, in the course of the film, turn on her. So she is both betrayed, but she is also, in one sense, a betrayer. It's an interesting, complex story. And at the heart of this chapter are at least two stories of betrayal that of uh, Peter and that of Judas. I guess they're quite well-known well figures. And we're meant to see that Matthew is very clever in the way that he works through his, uh, this chapter. And he weaves the stories of Judas and Peter in and out of one another. And this is just a little uh, kind of overview of, of, uh, of how it works. He uses these two characters to tell parts of his story and as a sort of reflection of his story. So we see Judas, and it takes us into the Last Supper. Uh, we then have Peter, and he's going to disown uh, Jesus, Jesus says, and that takes us into the events at Gethsemane. Then, of course, the arrest happens. Judas appears, the arrest happens, and then we'll finish, as we will finish this evening, with Peter. There are two figures, Peter and Judas, two betrayers. Peter, who claims he won't betray Jesus. 
Peter, the sort of proud, you know, the strong, I'm not going to let you down, Jesus. I'm going to be there for you. Uh, Don't worry, when the others all fall away, I won't. Uh, Verse 33, Peter replied, even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. Truly I tell you, Jesus answered, this very night before the cock crows, you will disown me three times. But Peter declared, even if I have to die with you, I'll never disown you. And all the other disciples said the same. This is Peter, the one who uh, claims he won't betray Jesus. He doesn't think he'll let him down. But of course, famously, he will. He will become a betrayer of Jesus, despite all his protests. There is Judas, on the other hand, who has already betrayed Jesus. It's an interesting contrast between the two of them. Judas has actually already done it, and really in his heart has already done it, but it takes us right back to the the very start of Matthew's chapter. He begins with those words where he says, then one of the twelve, the one called Judas, went to the chief priests and asked him, what are you willing to give me if I deliver him over to you? And they counted out 30 pieces of silver, and from then on, Judas watched for an opportunity to hand him over. Judas has already betrayed him in his heart. He's just waiting for the opportunity to make it happen. Uh, There's the tense moment at the Last Supper. Jesus clearly knows this is coming. Um, Judas, it seems, must have hoped for more. Presumably, he he hoped there'd be more by way of political action and liberation and tangible on-the-ground results from Jesus, and he just didn't get them. And at some point, his patience had run out. At some point, his hopes and dreams had diverged from what he thought Jesus was offering. And there comes this tense moment in the Last Supper. Uh, uh, The Son of Man, Jesus says, will go just as it is written about him, but woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he'd not been born. Then Judas, the one who would betray him, said, surely you don't mean me. Rabbi. And Jesus answered, You've said so. Jesus, imagine the, tenth, the kind of eerie tension. What is Judas thinking at that point? Have I been found out or have I got away with it? And then as they arrive, Matthew, is very, Matthew changes his name. Verse 48, he says, uh, as, they, as they come to arrest Jesus uh, in the garden, Um, Matthew says, now the betrayer had arranged a signal with them. Judas has just become the betrayer. He'd arranged a signal with them. The one I kiss is the man, arrest him. Going at once to Jesus, Judas said, greetings, Rabbi. And he kissed him. And then Jesus replies. And if you can see what Jesus says, it's quite something. Jesus says, do what you came for, friend. Do what you came for, friend. Or, why have you come, friend? You see, Jesus calls his betrayer a friend. 
Now, we might, you might sort of hear it sarcastically. You might think, oh, was he just joking? I don't think there's any strong reason to think that. That's partly why I put the, uh, the alternative there. I think he, he is just saying to him, what have you come for, friend? I don't think it's in Jesus' nature to, to handle him that way. And there are, there are so many ways that you can explain, talk about the central message of the Christian faith, the gospel. And this is one of them, if you think about it for a moment, on this Monday, Thursday, where we are at this point in our history. Jesus takes betrayers and calls them friends. And in one sense, that's another picture of the gospel, of the central message of God's love in Jesus and the relationship that he offers to you and me and anyone, whether they feel they deserve it or not. Jesus calls his betrayer a friend. And here it is in this story, there's Peter and there's Judas and there's Peter who, you know, perhaps we are like Peter, we may think that we don't uh, or we won't betray Jesus but we will. We do. It's our sinfulness. It's uh, riven into our human hearts. We may, like Judas, know that we have betrayed Jesus, that it's already been done. But Jesus calls betrayers friends. It's a a little window, a little light, if you like, onto the grace, uh, the extraordinary undeserved love that Jesus is going to express that will take us into these next few days. In the middle of all the things that are happening in this chapter, all the events, all the ways in which Jesus is being kind of abandoned by people and closed in on by enemies, in the stillness at the center of this chapter is this extraordinary exchange where Judas comes to him Matthew says, the betrayer comes to him, and Jesus says, what can I do for you, friend? It reminds me, it encourages me, that there is still and always a way back with Jesus. There is still and always a way back with Jesus. Of course, it's not going to be identical for Peter and for Judas, is it? We'll come back to that in a second. But there is still and always a way back with Jesus. Um, My, uh, the film that I um, uh, was talking about, Jenny, the schoolgirl, taken advantage of by this uh, terrible man, um, uh, manipulated, betrayed herself. Now in the process, I said she'd burnt her bridges um, she had, uh, she'd burnt the bridges of all who might offer her help. She'd kind of spurned those relationships, her family, particularly her school, and particularly um, her teacher, Miss Stubbs. And when it all comes crashing down, she realizes that she too has betrayed people as well. And she's betrayed someone who cared about her and had wanted to help her in her teacher. And you're left at the sort of near the climax with this question, is there a way back? Is there a way back for her? 
Has she burnt it all? Has it gone too far? And so she goes to visit um, her school teacher um, in her apartment, Miss um, Stubbs, and she comes along and she just, with this face broken, I guess, by what has happened to her, and you don't know quite what she's going to say, and then she says, Miss Stubbs, I need your help. And you cut to the, the teacher, Miss Stubbs, and there is a long hanging pause. And you kind of think, what is she going to say? Is she going to say, I'm done with you. Get out. I don't want to know. I told you so. I told you this would happen. Is she going to be met with a sort of spirit of punishment, of revenge, of on your way, you made your bed, you lie in it? Surely that's the kind of thing she might do. And after this kind of hanging pause, Miss Stubbs looks at her and says, I was so hoping you were going to say that. I was so hoping you were going to say that. She's willing to call a betrayer a friend. And it is a picture of Christ-likeness, if ever I've come across one. And to be honest, I well up every time I watch it, and it has me you know, uh, in, in tears. There is still and always a way back with Jesus, but only if you want it. At the start of the chapter, uh, at chapter 27, the next part of the story, Judas reflects on what he has done, and he says, I have betrayed innocent blood. And tragically, as you probably know, he kills himself. He says, I've betrayed innocent blood. And for Judas, you, you watch it unfold and you think that could have been the start of his way back. But he cannot move into that space. I've betrayed innocent blood, but I don't know what to do with that. And Matthew leaves the story of Peter completely open. This will be the last we'll see of Peter. Um, we'll read a little bit more just towards the end. But he will go out. And, and Matthew will leave him there and leaves it sort of hanging almost. And you're wondering, if Judas couldn't make his way back, what about Peter? He too betrays innocent blood. He abandons Jesus. He disowns him. He turns his back. But Peter, of course, as we know, <laughs> from the rest of the New Testament, will discover that innocent blood is the beginning of the way back. In fact, even the opening of his own letter, 1 Peter, Christians, Peter says, Christians are those who have been sprinkled with that blood. Peter could have said, I betrayed innocent blood. But that is the beginning of the way back. It's the beginning of the discovery that Jesus calls betrayers friends. Friends.